Man, what a great show today. Uh, Stu is here, too, and I don't understand how that happens. No, not every show's going to be perfect. Stu is here. <laughs> <laughs> how are you, Stu? Good, how are you? Good. I'm, Good. You Big know, podcast today. Uh, I, I uh, started as hopeful and optimistic, mm-hmm. which is usually a bad sign. Yep. But in this case, I don't think it is. No, I don't think so either. I think yeah. there's some reasons for optimism right now. Real easy reasons. Um, we get the stats from you, and then uh, Steve Dace reinforces this. Then we had Tudor Dixon on, Ali Stuckey. This is a great show. Don't miss a second of it. Brought to you by Sweatblock. You got 99 cents, right? What if I told you you get your hands on a product that you are going to love for only 99 cents? I've been talking to you for a while about it. It's sweat block. And if, you, if you've listened to me, you know I love it. Especially the wipes, which they say are for people with profuse sweating problems. I have to tell you, I don't, I mean, except when I'm here in Texas in the summer, I don't have, well, also on stage or on television or radio, but... Uh, other than that, I don't have a sweating problem, but I just don't, I just hate it when I sweat. And so I started using the wipes. These should be used by everybody all the time. You wipe under, under each arm. Uh, and it's just a, just a little, you know, towelette, if you will, you wipe under each arm, uh, after you've taken a shower or you're going to bed and you put it on, you don't use deodorant or anything for a week it's fantastic try sweatblock.com try sweatblock.com 99 cents for shipping they're going to send you a starter package of sweatblock wipes for free try sweatblock.com you're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program Where do I even begin today? Well, let's get give, give some obvious news. By the way, great show today. We have uh, Steve Dace on, who is really optimistic. And I, I've got some polls and everything else. Everything is looking like it's not going to be a red wave. More like that elevator scene in The Shining where it opens up and just the blood <laughs> comes rushing out. <laughs> Uh, but we'll, we'll, uh, usually people don't use that as a positive. Yeah. You know, yeah. I know. Not, yeah. Mm-hmm. It wasn't really a positive, but that's kind of looking like what this election might kind of look like a red wave, mm. so to speak. Um, now there is, uh, the Hill has uh, done some research and uh, there's, uh, there's a new study from Populous Insights. Now, this is going to come as a shock to you, Stu. So learn, learn from this, okay? Somebody paid for this. Most likely, we paid for this study, okay? Mm-hmm. In the report's findings, they suggest that American popular culture and the desire to fit into it have, make, have made Americans look far more politically extreme than they really are. The study uses a clever methodology to measure agreement with statements that people might feel social pressure to reject. Even in a private online survey, differences between stated and privately held opinions were as high as 14 percentage points among Americans and soared even higher among certain subgroups. Millennials, who have spearheaded the progressive left in the last decade, but recently transitioned from youthful activism to the responsibilities of parenthood, are privately 
more conservative when it comes to education issues. Three quarters privately believe parents should have more influence in schools' curriculums. So, wait a minute. So, once they get out of school and they have children, they start to look at the world differently? Now, that's crazy. This, I is, didn't. this is why abortion is so important. You know, amen, brother. <laughs> no wonder they're cheering it on all the time. Yeah, yeah. Additionally, the youngest voters, those under 30, are privately rejecting ideals that are frequently associated with their generation. Just one in four privately believe CEOs should take public stances on social issues. What's more, privately, the belief that racism is built into America drops from 65% to 42%. <laughs> the way voters, including the youngest set, privately shy away from the most progressive beliefs may be part of the reason President Biden's net approval rating fell seven points during the week in which he announced the Wealth Redistribution Student Loan Forgiveness Plan. Now, the study does say that that doesn't mean that differences don't exist. Another shocking mm. revelation. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Um, they say they do, but within the safety of an individual's mind, almost every issue takes a step away from the accepted view of self-prescribed tribes. Republicans are less set on overturning Roe versus Wade and have more reservations about turning the Internet into completely unregulated free speech zone. Now. Again, I would say that there's a lot of nuance that's missing from that section. But is that a surprise? Democrats are less enthusiastic about masking to present, <laughs> prevent the spread of COVID-19. And half is likely to think colleges should censor speech. Hmm. That is good news. It is right. It is good news. It, to me, is common sense. And they're saying that maybe the polls are wrong because some people have felt that they might be ostracized from society if they actually say how they're going to vote. Well, I mean, look, the, the polls are, I think, very much favoring Republicans at the moment. I know everyone likes to bash the polls, but they're showing good gains at this point. Maybe the polls are right, <laughs> right? Uh, and it's interesting because I think like this is where I am with this, too. You mentioned the companies, for example. Yeah, yeah. It's like I really don't think the people would say, what's the problem with these companies? Oh, these woke companies are killing us. I don't actually think that's true. The problem is not that Ben and Jerry's wants to set, sell ice cream to anti-Semites. If it's not a, it's not a problem. I mean, that is a problem. But the, the general <laughs> overall problem is uh, they they do want to they do want to set uh, uh, you know they want to shut down basically Israel completely that's a whole that is a major problem but like Pat you know we talked about this a, a long time ago Patagonia is a company that yeah really has it has an identity mm -hmm. and they come out and they say you know what we're about the environment we're about environmentalism buy our crap if you like that that I have no problem with that what I have a problem with is uh, you're uh, evil if you don't agree with us yes. and don't buy our product and in addition to that yeah. Uh, the company that isn't ideological, that actually isn't a left-wing company, being pressured into taking all these left-wing stands because of things like ESG, right? So a lot of these companies, you, you talk to the executives, we've had some of them on, 
who say, I was there and all this crap was going on and nobody agreed with it, but we had to do it because of this, you know, bank and this investor and this, uh, you know, scenario. And that's like pressuring, I think, a lot of these companies that are just normal companies that want to sell crap into turning into left wing companies. There are some companies that start with a with a mission of being a left wing company, just like you know Patriot Mobile mm-hmm. starts with a, a, a mission a mission of being a conservative Christian company. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, we see that all the time. Yeah, that's not the problem. Mm-hmm. The problem is these normal companies that get won over by this stuff and pressured into it. And that's the you stuff. Don't, you I, don't see Hobby Lobby coming out and saying, "And we don't want you if you're not a Christian." We don't want you to buy your art supplies or your fabrics right. or anything like that. Never say that. They never say that. They never say Why that. Why would they? Right. You'd think right. there'd be no just be, justification just to do that. Just be who you are and leave everybody else alone. Uh, by the way, speaking of just the opposite, uh, we now know what is happening at the Department of Justice and the targeting for the what is it? Are we up to 26 pro-life individuals that have been charged with the FACE Act now? We're up to 26. Christian Clark, mm. Christian Clark, the assistant attorney general for the civil rights at the Department of Justice. Uh, she is the one. She's a vocal abortion proponent. She's the one who uh, is leading all of this. Now, she, that's high-ranking DOJ. Um, and uh, she's, you know, it's weird that she, that she actually got that job. Um, she um, has called the Alliance Defending Freedom a hate group, Liberty University, fundamentalist Christian school. She has said that those protesting Anthony Fauci should be publicly identified and named and barred from any treatment at any public hospital if and when they fall ill and denied coverage under their insurance. What happened to the days of universal health care? And unbelievable. Mm. She has hurled insults at Republican politicians from Murkowski. Oh, that radical, radical right winger Lisa Murkowski. Yeah, oh yeah, uh, she's voting for the Democrat right. uh, here in the congressional race. Yeah. But absolutely, what a radical! She supported the allegations of Christine Blasey Ford. She submitted testimony to the Senate that Amy Coney Barrett was unfit to serve because she would likely rule to overturn Roe versus Wade. Um, she also has uh, critiqued pro-life laws and courts that upheld them, uh, branding law-protecting Down syndrome babies. She said that was draconian. Hmm. So, hmm. She calls the pro-life pregnancy centers predatory and fake clinics and are part of the coordinated strategy to tear down Roe. This is who is running the civil rights office at the DOJ. By the way, she went to Harvard where she argued in 1994 um, to the student newspaper that black people have greater mental, physical and spiritual abilities than white people. Huh. She she also um, was um, uh, passing around the essay that was defending a cop killer and comparing the police to the Klan. Are we still in the good news segment here? I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. No. Well, here's the good news on this one. We know who it is now. We know who it is. 
we that's, may be stretching the, the definition first, of good news. That is the first. Hey, we know who Dahmer is. We know <laughs> the guy likes to eat well, like ocean teenagers. It's better than saying, <laughs> why are these heads in this refrigerator? <laughs> yeah, it is slightly better. <laughs> yeah. Not much better for the Laotian teenagers. All right. Okay. Okay. How about this? John Stewart has just come out in his new show that apparently is on. Exists. Um, he, he, uh, he says, Hunter Biden's Ukrainian business is corruption straight up off the bat. He did a segment on his show about Hunter Biden. He said, no, it's a stretch to tie it to his dad. No, it's not. Um, but he said, we didn't pay attention to this laptop and this is corrupt. What's going on is corruption. So that's some good news. Some, yeah. Okay. Some so good news. So once John Stewart has reached, I've got com- really good news later. I just want to make sure I understand. Mm-hmm. Since John Stewart has reached the point where he's no longer relevant to anyone, he's now occasionally saying things that make sense. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Why do you have to? No, I'm just. I want to make sure I understand the good a news. Little black rain cloud. <laughs> that's my me. gosh. Uh, okay. How about this one? Okay. Oscar-winning actor. Now I was really. Skeptical about this, it's, but this hear me is out. Starting poorly. Poorly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's going to get worse. Okay. <laughs> Oscar-winning actor Tim Robbins. Oh, good. Okay. Good. Good. Good <laughs> okay. All right. Is criticizing two actors' unions for what he says are discriminatory COVID nineteen vaccine policies. No. Okay. It is way past time to end your discriminatory policies. Um, Robin said uh, a New York judge ruled that all unvaccinated New York City employees are reinstated their full employment entitled back pay and salary from the date of termination. Okay, so other people uh, have joined in on this and he says, I'm ready to have a conversation with my attorney uh, on uh, why I'm paying the dues and you are prohibiting me from working. This isn't mm. the this isn't the best part. This is actually putting his money where maybe his mouth is. There was an article that came out yesterday on Tim Robbins that said, "I have been a fool. I have been so divisive in the past, and me being quarantined in in for COVID has made me rethink everything." Mm. He said, "Now it doesn't mean that he has switched sides or anything. Right. He's just said." I've been divisive, and we're not going to get anywhere if we shut each other down. We have to have conversations. I, I'm, I can't believe I'm saying this. I'm going to invite him. I doubt I'll do it, but I'm going to invite him for the podcast. Really? Yeah. Because I remember he said some things about you back in the day. Oh no, he has. He's not, was not a fan. Oh no, he's not. No, and no, he, and I'm not asking him to be a fan. No, I'm asking him to have a civil conversation. Yeah, and he should be. I mean, everyone should be able to do that. That's a very basic human thing that people do when they disagree. Uh, and it's interesting too because I don't know his history on the vaccine stuff, but of course that was uh, you know a. It was largely a left-wing movement for a long time. You know, people who were critical of vaccines that was kind of on the left for yeah. a very long yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. And you know, there was there's a there was a story about a county in in California where it was the leading county for anti-vaccine sort of stuff, where they just didn't like it. And they, you know, mm-hmm. look, if you yeah, don't like fine, vaccines, whatever. I don't care. You, you do what you want to do. But it was one of the it was where the percentage was highest in the country. Big left-wing country county. It was like you know, overwhelmingly Democrat. They've all switched now. The, the whole county has switched from anti-vaccine to if you do not have the vaccine, you're a bad person. Oh, you're kidding me. It's like me. the whole county in the last two years has switched completely 
from the hotbed of anti-vaccine activity to now the opposite, the complete opposite, everything you'd see on MSNBC or right out of Anthony Fauci's mouth. Unbelievable. I mean, this is just, just it, unbelievable. One of the most fascinating political it, developments honestly, I've ever seen Honestly, that's in my life. the Fetterman thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, he raised, I think, $2 million. Yeah. After that performance. After that performance, $2 million came pouring in. I mean, there may, part of that might be people looked at it and said, holy crap, let's give him some money. Maybe he can run some ads because that's going to be. I, I don't know what it is, but he did comment on it uh, yesterday. He said. Have you ever had a dream that that you mm-hmm. um, you had you 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 could you do uh-huh. you you want you you could right. do so you you do you could you you want you want. Uh-huh. Him to do you so much, you could do anything. Yeah, so I okay, think. Okay, I didn't think about that actually. That's I know. not a bad argument. I know, I know, I know. And don't press him on that. No, you okay. Hater. I mean, I really have good news. Uh, not not right now, but I have really good news coming up, uh, and a lot of it. This again, The Shining. Bing. Elevator doors. <laughs> kind of a red wave. Some might call it a bloodbath. I just say red wave um now i want i want you to hear the story from the hill democrats are second guessing the decision to put pennsylvania state uh, senate nominee john fetterman on the debate stage no after a stumbling performance that put the spotlight on his condition after a stroke the state lieutenant governor's auditory processing uh, problems resulting from a stroke proved to be a major part of the debate just two weeks before the election, Fetterman had a number of awkward pauses and stumbles. Did he? I didn't even notice that. Listen, that are sure to be seized upon oh. by the GOP. GOP is going to pounce on this, aren't they? Right. <laughs> so <laughs> they they're going to do this. Take the video and play it saying he's not capable of holding the job. This isn't about the GOP. Listen to this. Fetterman's team never should have agreed to this debate. He clearly has serious health issues. Okay? Wait a minute. That's a Democratic operative. He should have, they should have never agreed to the debate because he clearly has serious health issues. Mm-hmm. No, that's not the debate. He shouldn't be running. Right. He clearly <laughs> has. I mean, listen, you can't pretend you didn't see what you saw. You can't wish or explain it away. You have to dig in and deal with it. It's going to mean we're going to have to turn up the heat on Oz. What? What? No. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program. Steve, how are you doing, my man? I'm good, brother. How are you? Well, I'm I'm pretty good. I'm always better when I talk to you, uh, at least this time around, because... (laughs) Be- I'm usually the merchant of death. That just this is just really throwing me off. But I yeah, appreciate it. I know. I mean, you're giving me a lot of hope here, and so I want you to sing, bird, sing. <laughs> uh, tell me what you think is happening in this uh, election, and what you see as uh, the outcome. Well, to quote uh, the great prophet Emperor Palpatine, this is all proceeding exactly as I have foreseen it. Yeah, uh, when, <laughs> right. When, when, we, when we got together two weeks ago, I, I told you that I, for our special here on Blaze TV, the Wednesday night special on the election, I, I told yeah. you that I saw three factors that were going to take this beyond a wave to a tsunami. Now, what's a wave? 
traditional wave elections and midterms, the party that won the presidency, um, their base is more fired up. The other side's base, I should say, is more fired up. And then swing voters in the suburbs are either annoyed or the economy is not going well and they swing, you know, one way or the other. That's a traditional wave election like what the Democrats had in 2018, et cetera. Mm -hmm. What we are looking at here is a convergence of three outlier factors. Number one, Trump's rural MAGA base, like in a state like where I live, Iowa, Glenn, we had 33 counties that voted for Obama once or twice that voted for Trump twice. And, that, and, and, and so a lot of us did the work on the ground in Iowa to, to turn it from a blue to a lean red state. Trump made it a solidly red state. And in places like Iowa, those rural MAGA counties that are not necessarily Republican counties, but they are staying in the Republican fold despite not having, a, having Trump to vote for. That's number one. All right. Number two. Um, we are looking at record low turnout uh, of blacks across the country. Uh, and if you want to know how much that matters, look at uh, Wisconsin in 2016. Everybody says Hillary lost that state because she never visited it. And that's partly true. What's mainly true is that there were 20,000 fewer black voters in Milwaukee County in 2016 than there were in 2012 for Obama. And that was almost the entirety of Trump's margin of victory in the state right there. Mm. So Hillary still got 91 percent of the black vote. Everybody always looks at the size of the slice of the pie. It's not the size of the slice of the pie, Glenn. It's the size of the pie. All right. Black turnout is down economically. They've been crushed by Democratic policies. And culturally, they are just not down with the trans agenda and what's a girl and woman. So but you, not down with that. But you do have uh, an all of government program to get people registered and to get out to vote. Now, that's not, you know, they're not equally looking for that that white farmer. They are trying to get uh, and boost the vote uh, for the Democrats. And that's an all of government with I don't even know how many hundreds of millions or billions of dollars that have been spent in just the last two years for this. Correct. But if you look at states that have high black Democrat voter populations, California, Florida, I'm hearing from little birdies of mine on the ground there. Early voting numbers are way down in those communities. Um, and then and, and you can see that in Biden's almost record low approval for a Democrat with black voters. Now, because of historical divisions, those black voters are not yet prepared to migrate positively to the GOP. That's not the case with Hispanic voters. And, and so this gets us to the third factor. I think we're looking at a record migration of Hispanic voters that are not just going to be a depressed block because they're upset with Democrats, but affirmatively move into the Republican column. And I'll, mm. I'll just give you one example that I saw this morning. Connecticut District 5 is a district that even in a year when Republicans picked up 14 House seats in 2020, uh, Democrats won that seat by 11.5 points. It has a 21 percent Hispanic vote in Connecticut 5. That's a I mean, that's like 40 percent higher than the Hispanic population nationwide. All right. So a large Hispanic uh, block here. Poll out of that district just came out this morning that had the Republican candidate ahead. Now, I don't know if the Republican candidate can win Connecticut five. But if Democrats are defending Connecticut five, then that just goes to show you um, what is cataclysmically happening across the country. And I'm going to make a prediction right now for your audience. When you and I are anchoring Blaze TV's election night coverage here. So I'll hold you accountable. I'll blame you. I'll blame you and your optimistic spirit that you just tubed all of this and put a jinx on it. (laughs) If you don't get this right. I don't do optimism. I just do what I see. Right. right? So people know that Um, when when we're sitting here on election night, when we get ready to sign off on, on 12 days from now here on Blaze TV, when you and I sign off, Glenn. 
We will be talking about the possibility that every gen, major Gen X figure in the Democratic Party other than Gavin Newsom was just wiped out of office. Wow. I'm talking, I'm talking every, every major current, when you think of people they are grooming for national office, the, the Gretchen Whitmers, et cetera, of the world, that, that almost every one of them that was up for election or re-election in this campaign, in this cycle, that are known entities, almost all their Gen X leadership, except for Gavin Newsom, wiped out by the time you and I sign off on. It's amazing because they already had a terrible bench. If they lose all these people, I don't know where they would go. And we are gaining really amazing people. Yeah. Mm. Um, That's where they go. So so you're expecting, I mean, uh, with the Republicans... Uh, they have eight gubernatorial seats. Democrats have six gubernatorial seats that are not up for uh, re-election. You see mm-hmm. the Democrats, uh, what gaining? I think. I think. Right, well, right now, what's funny is real clear politics is beginning to catch up with me now, um, and I think it's because about two weeks ago, real clear politics announced basically uh, a polling integrity project. In 2000, and, and so I, I, this is for my man, Stu, who's sitting next to you, okay? Because I, 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 I empathize with Stu. I am, uh, my name is Steve. I'm a recovering mainstream polling addict, okay? And I have a problem, okay? And, and so I, I had to wean myself off of this. Uh, and here's what can do that, actual data. In 2020, guys, the national, and keep in mind, this is a presidential election, with, with two candidates that have 100% name ID, everybody knows them, they're cemented, and it's a higher turnout election. should be easier to actually pull that than a lower turnout midterm. In 2020, the polls that made up the Real Clear Politics polling average were off on the national race by an average of almost five points, well outside the margin for error. The state battleground state polling was off even worse than that. So if they were that far off in a high turnout High name, the highest name ID election maybe in American history between Joe Biden and Donald Trump. Where are they with fluctuations of smaller demographics and smaller turnouts in midterms? And I think Real Clear Politics two weeks ago started looking at the integrity of its own polling average. And lo and behold, once they did that, their forecast started looking a lot like mine. Yeah, their, their forecast, forecast I, we were just going over it. Their forecast now is is a shockingly uh, optimistic. Exa- I mean, it, it is, it reads very close to yours. There's no point in reading anything that any polling that is done and uh, aggregated by 538. At this point, Nate Silver has just decided to suck at his gig or got bought off. None of that makes any difference. You have to follow basically four or five polls uh, on a national level that have proven they can identify the MAGA or Trump vote in this. And they're not all Rasmussen and Trafalgar. Uh, places like Investors Business Daily uh, and Emerson College have shown they're very good at it. And I would urge audiences that want to follow polling to look at their outlets. Uh, on a state level, there's a few more because you have a few more that are local that haven't completely given themselves over yet. And then you have to look at the environment and you have to you have to understand when we're seeing situations with historically Hispanic border counties that have held out of joining Republicans in a state like Texas that that has been red since Ann Richards was retired. So we're talking almost an entire generation now, and they have held out blue, 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 blue. When they suddenly go red, it's not because they're conforming to some Texas red state cultural identity. Something They've held out through all of that. Something new has occurred that has prompted this. And I, and I think what's happening with Hispanics here, 
is similar to what happened with black voters from 1948 to 1964. In 1948, Harry Truman upset Thomas Dewey because we didn't poll black voters back then. And he desegregated the military and got a record amount of black voters, almost 40 percent. And that was really his margin of victory. And then in 1964, after Kennedy called MLK and, and then LBJ did the Great Society and the Voting Rights and Civil Rights Act, that, was, that completed the migration of black voters from Republican to Democrat. Black voters right now have swiped right on their phones. They're looking, I'm sorry, Hispanic voters are, particularly Gen X and younger with families. They're assimilated. They don't want any more drug mules from El Salvador coming to the country. They don't want any more fentanyl coming in. They left those countries to get away from those elements. They are interested in the Republican Party message. They're going to vote in a wave for Republicans this fall. That generation will. And then what will happen moving forward is, just like LBJ consummated that marriage with blacks by delivering policies that they wanted, like the Voting Rights Act, Republicans, if they do that with Hispanics, if they, if they don't chuckle, follow through on their promises like Carrie Lake to declare an invasion, if they follow through on, we're cracking down on crime meaningfully. All right, we're going to get rid of the groomer stuff in the school. My, a buddy of mine is doing Hispanic outreach on the ground in a major battleground state. So that's the number one swing issue for Hispanic voters, that right there. All right. If they follow through on those things, they have a chance with Gen X and millennial Hispanics to consummate a generational marriage. But they but they have to deliver for them after the election, Glenn, like LBJ did for blacks. Yeah, that's the problem with Republicans. So, uh, boy, the Democrats are really reeling from uh, Fetterman, although he raised about two million dollars after the debate, uh, which just is shocking to me. Um, what do you think is going to happen in Pennsylvania? Uh, I think we have to get outside the margin of cheating or chicanery. Yeah. And I think we are approaching it. In fact, I think we have approached it so, um, uh, so really cosmically here. We're looking at whether Lee Zeldin is now outside the margin of cheating, that they couldn't even, shall we say, fortify the election in New York State. Um, I don't really follow, uh, and, and don't, I would urge audiences to not care too much about how much money Democratic candidates raise along these oh, lines. Being, they are outspending sometimes yes. 10 to 1, and it's not making yeah. a difference. No, it doesn't make a difference. I mean, John Ossoff, for example, wasn't even, when he ran in that special election against Karen Handel in Georgia a few years ago, he didn't even live in that district. He got to 1 million uh, donors before Barack Obama even did in his first presidential race. I mean, they have a very cultic following. They donate, and it's very strong. They don't donate to the DNC, so it also doesn't matter that the RNC outrages the DNC. They donate directly to their candidates and their causes out of pocket. And since a lot of them work very opulent jobs or subsidy jobs, they don't have as many children as we do, they've got a lot more discretionary spending. And so I think the Pennsylvania Senate race ended this week. I think the question actually becomes whether there is enough of a, of, a, of a tsunami there that now it carries Doug Mastriano over the finish line, over the objection of Karl Rove, who is actually funding the TV ads for the Democrats. What Democrat the hell the is that? Why? Why is he doing he, that? Who he's, always, he's who he's always been. This is not new. I just think we didn't want to pay attention to certain things for the last 20 years. But this but is... But what is his reason? Is How is he coming out and saying it? What is he saying about this? This is insane. Because the, 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 this is, the people that run the Republican Party or are on their way to no longer running it, the way things are trending. These are people that would rather lose to Democrats than lose control to your audience, Glenn. That's why. True. This is, this is, this is why in two presidential runs, 
Mitt Romney and John McCain said worse things about their Republican candidates in their primaries than they ever did their Democratic opponents when they got into the general election. I mean, you can you are in politics, the hills you're willing to die on and those you are willing to take out. That really ultimately defines who you are. And so, you know, he can do all the whiteboards on Fox News that he wants. But in the end, you are um, who you're willing to take out. And, and the fact that having D- Josh Shapiro as the governor of Pennsylvania um, is more preferable to Karl Rove tells you all you need to know. Yeah, well, I, I never if I'm not mistaken, I never had Karl Rove on at uh, Fox. I'm trying to remember. Uh, not, not often. if it Yeah, was not at often all, at all. And that was one of the problems is I. I had more problems from the right uh, pushing uh, Roger Ailes because mm-hmm. I would take on the Republicans. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Come mm-hmm. on, Glenn, just don't. And I was, I was told, you know, your pro- you know what your problem is? You won't play the game. No, I won't. Yes. I won't because it's not yeah. a game. It's not a game. It's a losing. It's a, it's a losing game now, and we're playing. A, we're playing for what's called civilization now. There is, we're literally voting for sanity this year, literally. That's literally what we're voting for is are we a sane people or not? That is literally the main issue on the ballot. Every definable thing of a civilization that you could imagine has been destroyed, deconstructed, warped. We are literally voting on whether we are still a sane and rational people. I mean, just just as an example, what happens when you go insane? We've been fighting this alleged war against Putin here since February, right? So the, the new Adam Kinzinger prime minister, because they tried Mitt Romney, that didn't mm-hmm. work. They went to Lisa Murkowski, that didn't work. So now they're going to try Adam Kinzinger as the prime minister over there in the UK. He's going to announce later today a fracking ban. So let me get this straight. We are standing up to Putin by uh, giving him more dominion over the world's energy supply. Help me understand that. But we did that with our own domestic production. The EU already did it. UK is now about to do it. That is literally insane. Absolutely. We used to have to tell governments during wars, Glenn, not to strip mine their resources. Okay. Now we have to tell them to use them, Glenn. Okay. (laughs) This is insane. It is. We have, we have gone absolutely nuts. Hey, Steve, before you go, um, I want to ask you about the Michigan race. You were, that was the one state you were a little skeptical on the organization up there and what was going to happen in Michigan. What do you, do you, are you optimistic on Michigan now? I am optimistic on Michigan. I think that what has happened there is, Tudor's performance in the very first debate um, and, and, and the way that she catalyzed issues there yeah. the way, and, and the way that that I think she's being outspent up there. She told me last week, like 20 to one. Mm. All right. But the way that she catalyzed those issues that were there, that was probably a $50 million level appearance. If we translated that into campaign dollars. And, and now you're, look, you're looking at Michigan. This is a state, by the way, where almost as many union households voted in 2020 as white evangelicals. Um, and it, it, Whitmer won by 10 points in 2018 when she first got elected. And I just mentioned Tudor's been out spent about 20 to 1 on TV. I think if the election in Michigan were held today, I think that she would win. Yeah, real clear. Politics just said she's going to win. She's going to be on with me in uh about uh, half an hour. Um, by the way, uh, hang on over the break because I, I have some more things to talk to you about, including your your number one children's book on Thanksgiving, which I am so grateful for. So grateful for. Thank you for that. Um, do you think um, I just did an hour long uh, sit down with uh, Carrie Lake? I really like her and I think she's the real deal. What's your mm-hmm. take on her? Whenever Carrie Lake comes on TV, two things come to mind. And, you know, I'm a pop culture buff. Number one, that scene in the um, It's a Wonderful Life 
when Violet bo- walks down the street wearing that dress. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. You know, that's the first thing that comes to mind. Okay. And, then Bert, and Bert says, I got to go home and see what the wife's doing. Right. Uh, and the second thing is um, Randy, the score of the natural. She is a natural. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. Tudor Dixon, welcome to the program. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It is uh, it is great to talk to you, uh, and you are killing it uh, up in uh, in a place where I I'm shocked. I'm shocked that uh, Whitmer A is competitive, and then at the same time, I'm shocked that uh, anybody can beat her um, because I just feel like I feel like the whole country has been hypnotized, or half of the country has been hypnotized, and they just don't see things clearly anymore um well they continue to try to hypnotize if you see what happened in the debate she stood on the debate stage and looked straight into the camera and said she's attacking me my opponent is attacking me for shutting down schools schools in michigan were shut down for three months schools in michigan were shut down for almost two years it's outrageous to think that she can just gaslight the entire state but she can't so parents today are outraged that she would have the nerve to look directly in their eyes i mean when you look in the camera you're looking directly in the eyes of the parents of michigan and saying what happened to you didn't happen do you think that they think they're jedis (laughs) <laughs> yes <laughs> yes but i i don't think they are I, yeah I no i i don't think not. so either um so what happened with uh schools the reading writing math all of this stuff that was destroyed because of the lockdowns um really bad in michigan but then on top of it you add the gender theory and everything else schools make no sense anymore I think it's great that you brought that up because she made a comment in the debate that was so belittling to parents who think that these books are a danger to their kids. And she looked at me and she said, "Um, my opponent thinks that books are more dangerous than guns. I think that is the most shameful comment because we should look at all dangers for our kids. We shouldn't belittle one parent's concern over the others. And we have a problem with guns but she doesn't do anything about it. We had a, a school shooting in Michigan. She said she thought we should have a discussion. So how, <laughs> how much does she want to keep our kids safe? We have a problem with books in the school. These, these books in our schools are absolutely horrific. They are genuinely oh, teaching kids how to have sex. And she laughs about it. She belittles it. She mocks the parents who are saying this is a problem and Stephen Colbert does the same thing he has a show on and he says you know this this isn't happening parents don't say this how how bizarre that these politicians are saying this is a problem you know what keep saying it because parents are sick and tired of being manipulated and embarrassed and belittled by politicians who don't care about them I I agree with you a hundred percent and I can't this is why I say I, I can't believe that the race is competitive in some ways, because if we were talking 10 years ago, even Democrats would have said, no, 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 no. This is crazy. This is just a few elite that have somehow or another galvanized their believers around them into this religion where you can't question anything. And uh, as a parent, 
once you cross into my kids and you're screwing with my kids, that that's a line that you're just not going to cross. I'm not going to let you cross it. But look, Gretchen Whitmer and Joe Biden, they believe the same things. It's the Biden-Whitmer politics. You saw Joe Biden sitting down with someone who's mocking young women, playing jokes and and mocking tampons and and mocking how little girls act. And they obviously think that it is a joke to say that young girls are silly and, and that anybody can be a little girl and you have that going on you have this situation where they're trying to push this sex and gender on kids and we're, we're saying we want a florida style bill in the state of michigan where we're not going to talk about sex and gender from kindergarten to third grade and you will not hear that out of the democrats you will not hear that from gretchen whitmer she was very clear on the debate stage the other night when i said we want to know where gretchen whitmer stands on this and she made it clear that she does not think it's an issue and it's not She's not going to do anything about it. Well, so it's one of the top issues that I hear across the state of Michigan. You, and you, you noted the test scores. Michigan just had the greatest drop in test scores we've ever seen. We are now the ninth worst in the nation. Wow. We are in the bottom 10 in the nation for education. And she is out there bragging that she is the governor for students. It's a, it's a travesty what's happening she in 2019 she was actually sued by students in detroit for a civil rights violation because they said they did not have access to literacy that's how bad Mm. it is in the state of michigan and she stands on the debate stage looks into the camera with a smirk and tells you what happened to you didn't really happen so let me ask you um, change kind of change the subject a bit what what is uh, proposal three it's on the it's on the ballot and it's about sterilizing children without parental consent, right? So yes. Yeah. So well, this is another thing that she lied about. It is a she she will stand up on the stage and say that this is just bringing back Roe to the state of Michigan. It is absolutely not. You're right. What it does, the language is written so that first of all, every every law that we have surrounding abortion on the books in Michigan is null and void. So this is this is new constitutional language. So it's in, it would be placed into the Constitution, Jeez. and it's the most radical abortion law in the country. Only the only other places that have a law like this are China and North Korea. But it does allow what you're saying because the way it is written is that an individual has the the right to do whatever they want when it comes to sterilization, reproduction, all of these different things. Which and and it also says. You don't have to have parental consent. So we used to have a law that said a minor would have to have parental consent to have an abortion. This says a minor needs no parental consent for abortion or sterilization. So it would allow a minor to get puberty blockers without their parents knowing. It also says that it doesn't have to be a doctor that would perform an abortion. There's also abortion up to the moment of birth. Abortion for any reason, including sex selection. There's no reason. It's it's no limits abortion in the state of Michigan. And they will lie to your face about what it actually is. But if you read the proposal, it is very clear that these that the laws that are on the books will no longer be there and that you have zero limits on abortion in the state of Michigan. Is, is this well known that this proposal, do people in Michigan understand it? That's the question. 
we uh, we have we know that there are a lot of people out there that are door knocking. They're trying to give out pamphlets. They're trying to explain it because, of course, the way they write these is so that you you know, oh, know. the average person you read it and you go, oh well, maybe that's not that bad. And the Democrats are out there saying, oh, it's it's exactly Roe. It's it's everything. You know, we're just keeping the status quo, which it's not. But you have to remember that it's very suspicious because at the same time as you're trying to put a proposal on the ballot that would allow this, you have the Michigan Department of Ed teaching a training to teachers saying, we want when kids come into school this year, ask them their gender, ask them their pronouns, oh my ask them ask them their name, and then don't tell their parents. And if they want to learn how to transition, talk to them about that without talking to mom and dad. So can, can I ask you, do you... Are you seeing people on the campaign trail that are like, look, I, I don't normally vote for a Republican, but this has got to end. It's very interesting because Michigan has a very large Muslim population that has historically always voted Democrat. Right. And we were at an event just a few days ago and a man came up to me and he said to me, I've always voted Democrat. I found this stuff in our schools and I was outraged. And he said, I went to our Democrat elected officials and said, you got to get this out of the schools. And he said, they called me a racist and they called me a bigot. He said, I'm not even, it's not even that I'm just a Democrat. He said, a few weeks ago, I was a Democrat running for office. He said, I am no longer running for office as a Democrat and I will never vote Democrat again now that I've been treated this way. He said, for my life here in this country, I've always and a devoted Democrat, and for them to look at me and call me a bigot and a racist because I don't want my children to be reading books about how to have sex in middle school, I, I just, he was shocked. And, and that's the interesting thing is, so our, our Muslim population has historically voted Democrat. And he said, I'm talking to all my friends about voting Republican because at the end of the day, he said, no matter what issue there is out there, my kids are going to be my number one issue always. And it's not just that. In Michigan, you have this going on, but obviously we see inflation. We see what's going on in the country with higher prices. And we see that we have a a, a governor here who is very very much into the Biden-Whitmer politics, and she is trying to shut down a pipeline in the state of Michigan. So we're also looking at inflation and rising energy costs and rising gas prices, and we have some of the highest gas prices in the entire country. We are at almost 420 a gallon now for gas, and this is a governor who tried to implement a 45 cents a gallon gas tax. So imagine if she'd gotten her way, we'd be even higher. What Michigan is going through right now is outrageous. But every time we hit her on this stuff, the Democrats come in and give her a bunch more money. So I would ask your listeners to go to TudorDixon.com and help us out. (laughs) Um, So, Tudor, what what are the things? Give me the first three things that you want to get done right away. I want to make sure that we get our kids back on track because, as you heard, our kids are so behind in education. So we want to get tutoring into our schools. This is so, but wait, wait, wait. How are you going to do that with the teachers' unions, which I think are the biggest problem? They, them, and their money is the biggest problem in fixing our schools. And Michigan has a very strong union. She has been endorsed by the unions. They put a lot of money into the Democrat Governors Association. And they've run 23 million, probably now 25 million in ads against me. So we know that's a problem. And and think about that. 
$25 million in ads against me, and we have had a very limited budget. I heard you saying that not everybody has been embraced by the GOP. I've, you know, we've had we've struggled to prove to people that we can do this. And now I think we've finally proven that we can, and we have people coming on board, but we need more people. And that's why I ask that people go to tutordixon.com. But I will say, you're right. The teachers union is tough. We have to work with them and say, we want to hire retired teachers and not have this affect their, right. their retirement program, but bring people in. There is, there is no bigger failure than robbing our kids of an education. That's why that lawsuit existed with children suing the governor saying that their civil rights had been violated because there's no bigger travesty than robbing a child of their education and leaving them illiterate because you end up having, you you can't get a job. What is your future? Yeah. You have slaves. (laughs) It's a terrible situation. And in Michigan, we end up, honestly, you can predict your prison population by your literacy rate. So if you rob your children of a, an education and the ability to read, then you can guarantee that you're going to have to figure out how to manage crime. And right now we're seeing rising crime rates. Michigan has risen in crime more than most other states. And another thing that she's not addressing, but of course, because she went out and marched with the people that held up the defund the police signs. She said she supports the spirit of defund the police. So now not only has she failed our kids, but she's failed our public to our communities and our public safety and that's the second thing so we want to get education back on track we want to get tutors in the schools and then we want to actually fund our police officers we have a plan to put a billion new dollars into policing to recruit and retain police to bring them to the state of michigan or to rise folks up from their own communities and have them join the police force to bring pride back to that profession and make sure that we keep our community safe and then our last thing is to reduce regulations. We're, our economic development is in shambles in the state of Michigan. Oh, yeah. And the main reason is it's just too hard to do business here. Yeah. Democrats want to overregulate everything. Yeah. Tudor, I, um, I appreciate um, your, um, your zeal uh, and your spirit and your willing to get into this uh, nightmare <clears throat> of politics uh, in America today. Um, I urge you, if you would like to help uh, Tudor out, I urge you to go to TudorDixon.com. That's TudorDixon.com. She uh, has a real chance of winning here. And if it is the if it is the bloodbath, Stephen King bloodbath uh, election night, um, she may win by by a few percentage points and shock the entire world. Um, thank you so much. And um we look to we look forward to seeing what you're going to do in Michigan. Well, thank you. I do think that we will shock the world, and I'm anxious to do it. Yeah, good. Tudor Dixon, thank you so much. TudorDixon.com. Na, 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 na.